Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talks about Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can check me out on Drive later today from 4pm. And a reminder, of course, that Jermaine Genus is my wingman tomorrow, Thursday. So make sure you join me for that. Now, we begin today's podcasty thing with rock and roll superstar Noel Gallagher on my show, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time yesterday. Talking about Arsenal fans, his beloved Man City and Erling Haaland not winning the Ballon d'Or. And yet another Premier League goal for, for Erling, Erling Haaland. Haaland is just—he's—he's just—he's a—he's a wrecking machine. And I like the fact that you, when you hear around City that he's just a humble guy. He's not a superstar. He doesn't doesn't think of himself like that. You know, he wants to learn. He's a—he's a funny kid. I've met him. I've met him a couple of times up there, and he's just kind of in his pants, in his underpants. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just kind of you know drinking that mad drink that he drinks, and he's bouncing his hat trick ball. And he's just like a, just like a lad that was in the playground but he's um he's excellent to what he's brilliant to watch live have you been to a game you've been to a game with yeah, him? yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's but he's the best and how he didn't win the Ballon d'Or I think is a bit of a joke because he he may never have another season like that no, in his he, life Messi won a World Cup right? yeah but Messi was good for two weeks do you think I have this argument with Benty mm. that I say you can only be considered a top club and you can only die from the top <laughs> table if you win the European Cup or the Champions League which of course Arsenal haven't done yet <laughs> <laughs> Well, what would your view be on that? No? In the realms of status within football, yeah, of course. It's a, it was a great thing to win it, but what it wasn't. It was never the end of the world when we used to get knocked out of the quarterfinals because we always had. We felt as fans bigger things, which was like the Premier League was more was more important to us. But, but just to go back, the answer is no. You can't be right. Arsenal, they need it because the fact that Chelsea have won it twice. Yeah, and. You know, his little face. Yeah, there. I know, I know. And our, our Arsenal fans, they do need bringing back. Not Bentley seems to be a bit more considered. I've got Arsenal fans in my crew, and they are in. I mean, they get a corner; they're insufferable. <laughs> you know? And uh, there's the there's you know there's two kinds of Arsenal fans. There's the little 
Snarler, Cockney, you know, they're not all there's the one that's it's a battle between good and evil and Manchester City have been ruining football since two thousand nine and they must be stopped. There's that idiot. I can't see Arsenal win the Champions League this year. I just think that Real I think that Real Madrid City and Bayern are nailed on for the semis and it'll be one other. Yeah, Man United, yeah. Do you know what I do I do, I do, I do <laughs> the cheek of Well you. hopefully but, but hopefully it, hopefully it will be. <laughs> when it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, you know what it is? It's a duck. What do you really think of Simon Jordan? I like him. I like you, and actually, uh, when I go on the terraces, a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of love for him on the terraces. He's actually great when you listen to him. It's great when he's going in on your rivals because you think get stuck into all this. Yeah, and then when he's going in on City, I'm always like, mate, come on. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Good. Have you ever frozen on stage? And do you get nervous? I've never been one for getting nervous. Never had stage fright. I've had a couple of hairy moments where I'm like thinking, I cannot remember the next line of this song and it's coming up now. And then you just do the old trick where you just go to the crowd, let's go, come on, what is it? Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, you just have the back and go, you sing, guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you got... Hold on, I'm gonna, this gonna, I was going to say you got blown on stage. You got blown away on stage. In Brighton? Yeah. yeah. That was horrific, That was crazy. Right? Yeah, we're doing a gig in... Uh, all these outdoor gigs in June in England, they're in a nightmare now because the, the seasons have shifted somewhat. And uh, it was really, and I mean really windy, and there was a support band on with us who shall not be named. And and, <laughs> and they were wearing hats, right? They have a, they have a, they have a penchant for the old hat. And uh, they were seen backstage gaffer-taping them to their foreheads when they were on. Wow. <laughs> You're joking. So the hats wouldn't blow off. Um, not good for the barn, is it? No, it's not. Uh, I don't have that problem, so I'm cool. But the, uh, yeah, the wind in Brighton that night was, I, yeah, it was crazy. It came off stage looking like I'd been in a wind tunnel. It was bad, man. <laughs> and staying with Noel, here he is reflecting on the songs he'd wished he'd written. I wish I'd have written Beetle Bomb by Blur, Sonnet by The Verve, quite a few by this band from Liverpool called Shack. Uh, maybe one called Natalie's Party. That, uh, loads, right. loads, most of Wellers. <laughs> and what, what lyrics are you most proud of that you've written? Is there one? If I was to pick one now, maybe the line, we see things they'll never see from Live Forever because that kind of kick-started the whole thing for us. Right. Um, but I don't really get lyric envy. I've done, I've done. I like my slowly version. walking down the hall. Faster than the cannonball. That's a great line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People said to me, hey man, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, <laughs> no. come on a night out with me and you'll find out. <laughs> now, Anthony Joshua is set to fight Olo Wallin with Deontay Wilder, also on the Blockbuster undercard, where he will come up against Joseph Parker. Hall of Famer Carl the Cobra Frotch isn't happy. The fans will be deprived of AJ against the Bronze Bomber. I put that blame totally on Eddie Hearn or Anthony Joshua because if AJ wanted to fight Wilder and he thought he was confident enough to make a statement and fight somebody like Wilder and do what um, do what Tyson Fury has done twice, I know he boxed him three times and he got that draw, then w what a statement would that be and how exciting would that be? That be For me, that's a mega fight, yeah. Anthony Joshua against is, Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now that's been pulled. We've had the rug pulled from under our feet, the fans, because we want to see these fights and they're not happening and they're all getting paid mega money out in Saudi while we sit back and watch and say, all oh, right, okay, we'll watch this and it's going to build towards potentially a better fight. But I don't know how many fights left that um, these guys have got in them. And when they're earning 50 million quid, I wouldn't be surprised if they have one more and then turn it in. Based on his last two or three, four performances, 
he's not ready for um, Deontay Wilder because I think if he goes on his back foot or waits for Wilder to come to him and gives Wilder momentum, he will get absolutely sparkled in, in a couple of rounds. Wilder will jump on him and get him early. But AJ needs to rebuild. And I think the fact that he's fighting Wallin shows us that his team think he needs to rebuild or they're just thinking about the money and they're nicking a few quid and, and, and cashing him in as much as they can before he retires. Now, Nick Ramsdale, the father of Arsenal stopper. Stopper? Who said stopper? Goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, has criticised the Gunners gaffer Mikel Arteta over the way he's dealt with dropping his son. On the TalkSport Breakfast Show, Andy Townsend and Ali McCoist discuss Ramsdale's dad speaking his mind. He's not said anything out of the ordinary. No. All, he, all he said, and his son's disappointed. And he's he's in a situation where he, he he's you know he's got a problem. He's unhappy because he wants to play. I don't think there's anything wrong that we saw Harry Maguire's mother coming out and sticking up for her son. Absolutely, do not have a problem with it at all. I imagine you'd be the same, Shaban. If my dad had said to me, "Look, I've had so and so on. I'm going to," I'd be the same as you. I'd have said, "That yeah. dad, I'd rally. He didn't or whatever." All he's saying is how his son's feeling at this moment. Tim, how it's affecting him? This ain't Sunday morning. This ain't under tens. No. <laughs> this ain't telling someone he's playing and then he don't get a game. He don't come on and a mum and dad's got the ump <laughs> this is this is big boys football and, yep. and, and this is the way that the football world works it's a ruthless he's merciless got to look business the club. of course he he's has. doing what he thinks is right for the team of course he has. Aaron again chest out get on with it mate and here's the Rugby World Cup ref Wayne Barnes on how officials can deal with the players and captains better in football I think there's a couple of things on that, Andy. First of all, that relationship with a captain. You know, you were a cracking captain in your day. But if you had that trust and that relationship with a a referee, where a referee could come over to you and say, Oi, your number eight's getting a little bit excited over there. Very true. Why didn't you you just calm him down a little bit? And you would respect that rather than just three minutes later, you're seeing a yellow card or a red card to your number eight. So I think there's an element of that about just preempting, just sensing how the kind of the, the land lies. So if you can do that as a referee, you can stay out of the way because my aim as a referee is to stay out of the way. If you mm. don't mention me, you don't notice me, I'm not mentioned in dispatches after a match, I've done a pretty good job. So also, if you take that to the next level around, if a player is just about to uh, drift offside or a player um, is about to slow down the ball at the ruck or you know, take your, your sport, someone's about to tug someone's shirt in the penalty box or yep. someone's you know, running through and you're like, I think he might clip his heels there. You can, you can get in ahead of it. Right. Then sometimes you can say, like, be careful, be careful, be careful. Don't go in there, don't go in there. So you don't blow your whistle because the best games of whatever sport are games that don't stop. Mm. So the less I blow my, my whistle in rugby, the less they blow their whistle you know, during you know, those cracking football matches we've seen over the weekend, mm. the better the, the game, the more flow. So less whistle you know, and more kind of communication. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we finish with Super Ali McCoist, the Rangers legend, recalling the time he got hit by a hard-boiled egg while playing football. I looked out the window, seeing this bald head, ran through the fridge and pulled out an egg, scrubbed over my scrubs, he had no hair. I remember standing on the front post, we played Bohemians of Dublin, one of my first ever European ties, and I felt somebody battered me right in the back of the head, right, and I turned around and there was nobody there, and I looked down and somebody for the crowd had thrown a hard-boiled egg and smacked me in the back of the head with it. You're joking. Aye. Who takes, I mean, uh, yeah. you, son, are you going to get, aye, have you got your eggs with you? <laughs> aye, I've got, I've hard, how hard, nah, I'll get them full 12 minutes, mum. I'm going to hit that McCoy's in the back of an apple at a corner. <laughs> Honestly, could they make up? Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talks Bible, wherever you get your podcast. From I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4 p.m. today alongside Darren Ben. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talks Bible daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and above all. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. feels broken but how do we fix it Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers but we have found some people who do join me journalist Becca Hudson and me the former MP Ed Vasey for How I'd Fix from the price of a pint to the housing crisis this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation and hear practical solutions from those in the know catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts Rebuilding Britain starts here